on an all-new episode of Terminal Talk <laughs> with Frank and Jeff. <laughs> uh, hey, guys. Um, we have this great interview with Dan Wiggins. Uh, we talked about uh, operational analytics on Z. Uh, just a, a standard uh, disclaimer up here. We did this at Share. Um, the audio quality is not quite up to what you're hearing right now and what you may expect. Um, but, you know, did some tweaking, and we still think it's a, a good, a good, important episode anyway. Yeah, and before we start, we've got to just do a quick plug for our, mm-hmm. our new sponsor. Mm-hmm. And pay them bills. Yeah, they're really mounting up. Yeah. The rent of this room. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. horrible. Anyway. Uh, Enough of your personal problems. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we've, we've mentioned before about how we've got access to all the, the brightest and best of Z uh, to be on our show. And we think uh, you should have that opportunity as well. Yeah. Now, you don't have to wait for us to have somebody on here to, to find out, you know, the skinny on uh, the thing that you're working on. There's this thing called Expert Advice for Z. Uh, you go to ibm.biz slash Z underscore consult. Uh, and it's it's real easy. You go to that website, you fill out a form and say, this is the thing I'm working on. I'm kind of stuck here. I could use a little bit of help getting unstuck. And IBM will pair you up with an expert. They'll contact you when you're available. You tell them when you're available, uh, what the best method of contacting you is. And, uh, you know, they just kind of send somebody uh, your way to help you out. Not a replacement for opening up a defect or for IBM reps or anything like that. It's just just something else. We don't, you know, IBM doesn't want to see you stuck. Yeah, and, and we're talking about really good technical people. They're, they're not going to have us, right? They're going to have people yeah. that you really want to talk to. Yeah, they're not going to show you PowerPoints. <laughs> right. This would be the chance to really talk to somebody like uh, Brenton Belmar or, or Anthony Sophia or, or some of the kinds of people that you've heard on our show. So that's expert advice for Z, ibm.biz slash Z underscore consult. And now, on with the show. (laughs) Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe-related topics. I'm Frank. I'm Jeff. We have with us today Dan Wigand, who is the offering manager for... For our IT operations analytics portfolio. Yeah, there's no way I was going to get that. I can't blame you for not remembering that. There's no way I was So, can you start... First of all, you're the first uh, offering manager we've had on the podcast. Can you take... Can you take two or three seconds just to describe what what an offering manager does? Yeah, so my my primary role is is uh, I I kind of study where where the markets are going. Where uh, IBM has an opportunity to to meet a lot of our our customer needs with the the tools that they have. Um, so it's it's a lot of market research. You know, kind of understanding where where the general markets are going. So my my primary focus has been on on analytics and um, really kind of trying to. To see where Z fits into that that big picture. Um, so when you think about analytics and, and big data, uh, Z is is kind of the, that big, well instrumented machine that that's been around for for decades and and, and generates an awful lot of information that uh, is is sitting there largely untapped that uh, our, our customers can can take advantage of. So not only just kind of looking at, at being at a, at a reactive state and, and looking at kind of past history of, of logs, but uh, a lot of what we're looking to, to do and, and build on is, is kind of looking forward and starting to take advantage of things like machine learning and, and starting to get into more forecasting of if we're starting to see trends and looking at, at true data science and data analytics on, on how that can help um, not only solve customer problems when they run into them, but help 
uh, try to, to forecast when something might be coming up before it actually becomes an issue and, and affects their, their end, end users and end customers. Well, this is good because uh, on our last episode, we had uh, Chad Rickensrud, and we talked a little bit about kind of analytics and using them for from a security standpoint. How do I, how do I start to not notice how um, a trend could mean um, a penetration of some sort or an incident. So, so perfect timing for you to kind of talk a little bit about how we're looking at um, analytics from an operations perspective. So uh, what's going on in this space right now? So a couple of the, the big things that, that we do is, is taking a step back and, and thinking about what, what analytics is. Is the, the first thing we have is, okay, we have all of this information on, on the Z systems from uh, a wide variety of SMF records, uh, including security data, uh, a lot of log records uh, coming from WebSphere, from NetView, from the system logs. Uh, the first step is really how we get access to, to that data. Um, the, the next really kind of phase is, is, is really how do we take a look at that, that information in a, in a broader context? What, what insight and intelligence does that data actually give us? And then looking at that to, 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 to start to build a, a pattern of, of what's normal in a baseline so that we can start to do, like I mentioned a little earlier, that, that forecasting of what's, what's going on, what's happening with that, that data. So that, that's really kind of how we're, we're taking our approach to it. The other side of it is, uh, um, so once we, we have access to, to that data, we have a, a solution that's our, our common data provider for Z systems. Um, that, that's kind of the tool to, to collect data once and then stream it to any analytics platform that you want, whether it be uh, IBM's log analysis solution that we include with our IBM operations analytics for Z. Um, we also will stream that data to uh, Elastic, uh, and then one of our, our key partners also has been uh, Splunk that we've uh, we've started to really work closely with over the the, the last year and a half. Uh, since especially since a lot of our, our customers um, already have Splunk uh, across their, their digital enterprise, mostly on their distributed side, where they're getting a lot of value and insight into that. And and what we've seen is that uh, for a lot of those those customers, Z is kind of literally literally and, and figuratively a, a black box. In their environment. It's, <laughs> it's that, that big beast that, that sits over there that no one except for um, our, our great subject matter experts that, that know Z, know it inside and out. Um, but for the rest of the world, it's something that sits there. They don't understand it. They, they, they wonder why it's, it's there. They don't have insight into it. And that, that's really where we're, we're trying to, to provide a solution for those customers is, uh, especially thinking from a high-level operations standpoint, we can see things going on on the distributed side, but it stops uh, at, at the Z box. So, um, so we do that from a log and data analytics standpoint through through the solutions I, I mentioned before, um, but also from uh, an application performance monitoring space where we have um, a solution called uh, Z, uh, IBM Z APM Connect. Uh, so we can integrate uh, Z transactional uh, insight into um, the IBM uh, application performance monitoring solution, but also, uh, again, we're looking at, at partnering with with uh, partners like um, uh, AppDynamics that that our customers may already have somewhere across their enterprise. So we're really trying to to not just look at a pure IBM solution because we know our, our customers have uh, things across their enterprise that we want to really play into and really make Z a, a first class citizen across all of those those platforms. See, you mentioned Splunk a little bit earlier. That's obviously not something that um IBM named. <laughs> uh, but can you tell us a little bit about that and why somebody might have that already in their environment? Yeah, so, so Splunk is, is, uh, is, is very good at um, 
uh, taking a, a wide variety of, of structured and, and unstructured data and, and providing uh, a, a way to, to ingest and, and correlate all of that data to, 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 give, you quest, uh, to give you insight uh, into that data. So you can go and ask it uh, different sets of questions and um, it, it'll give you um, it, it's data that, that you can start to gain intelligence from. Uh, so we started first at the partner with Splunk. Uh, it was first announced um, at the IBM. It was Interconnect back in, in 2017 in, in March. So we, we first announced a, a partnership with them because really a, a mainframe in, for them was something that uh, was an untapped data source for, for them. Yeah. And uh, again, they, they've had a lot of customer success uh, across the, the rest of their enterprise. So it was a natural fit for, for us to start working with them. So we've had... Um, a really good relationship with them over the, the last year and a half. We've done uh, a couple of different webcasts talking about the solution and uh, what the art of the, the possible is, how we can bring Z-Data in. And we've actually had uh, some really good customer success with that. Uh, in fact, um, uh, we were actually a, a sponsor at the Worldwide User Conference, which uh, is coming up in, in October. And we have one of our, our joint customers, Robobank, who's actually going to go and, and talk with me about all of the, the value that they get uh, out of uh, out of the joint solution. So um, it started originally as uh, kind of, as I mentioned, an operations thing where they can start to bring Z data and kind of see that end to end context. Um, but what they found is, is once um, uh, they started seeing that that big picture. The lines of business that were driving the, the overall solution and wanted to have visibility into what their underlying IT infrastructure was doing, wanted to get access to that too. So it was really exciting for them um, and, and the, the thought leadership that they demonstrated to, to start to, to actually bring what we've been calling the art of the possible for a while into kind of a, a real vision and, and, and actually getting true value out of it for their business. Yeah, I was wondering if you can kind of describe a little bit because I'm having a hard time picturing um, how I would take the stuff that I'm used to seeing on, say, an RMF report and, and relating it to what's happening outside the platform. Yeah, so if, if you think of um, the, the first step, is, as I mentioned a little bit ago, is, is, is getting Z data there. So uh, we have our, our, our tools that will go in and collect all of that, that data. Um, there's some great advanced filtering capabilities in there. So if, if you just want to send, um, and, and what a lot of our customers will do is send different data to multiple different data sources. So they might have um, uh, a security solution where they want to send uh, IBM SMF data or AD records to or, or CA top secret or ACF2 data to um, to their security solutions so they can do that. Um, they might want to look at uh, Kik's transaction uh, details and send those to Splunk or, or Elastic. Um, and the, the common data provider solution that I mentioned gives the flexibility to, to do that. So once the data gets into um, the, the analytics platform, um, it's ingested and we can go and, and do searches against that data. Um, we're, we're providing a set of uh, content as well from some of IBM best practice to, to go and, and visualize that data. So for example, I mentioned uh, security is always one of the, the big use cases. We went to uh, the even the, the Splunk sales kickoff and, and um, security is, is always a, a big focus and push for them to, to go and, and, and it, it's a great way to a great starter solution because it's something that it's on the forefront of everyone's mind. So um, just bringing some of that SMF data in saying, okay, we're starting to see invalid logins that are coming from this terminal. We can see that, hey, this, this one terminal is, is trying all of these different accounts. So just providing a little bit of visibility into the, the data where if um, – if I went and looked at an SMF record, I'm not a, a specific Z technical person. Um, I, I look at all those fields, and you, your eyes would glaze over. So right, that's right. that's really where we're trying to, to kind of fill a, a gap as as well as 
Um, all of our, our Z experts, they're, they're excellent. They, they know this stuff inside and out. Um, but when you start to bring that into a, a broader picture, uh, thinking about an, an enterprise and not just um, one part of the, the platform, uh, you really need to provide a, a way for people to, to really understand what that information is. And that's, uh, that's one of the things that we're really trying to, to do and focus on. It's on the uh, AI and ML side of things, you know, we, it, which kind of bumps heads with analytics a little bit in terms of you know, definitions and semantics. Um, so much is, is trying to be, uh, to be done with data that might not be uh, current. And a lot of times, you know, you'll work on a problem where they say, oh, we, we have data on this. And you'll say, well, where'd the data come from? It's, oh, it's, it's like from five quarters back, something like that. It's just something like, I happen to have access to, to this data. We should do something with it. Um, the re- it sounds like the real game changer is being able to uh, almost literally tap into the the heart of the mainframe, which is where the business you know logic actually relies, and say we can look at live data and yeah. not looking at past trends. Is that is that like a the interop between the common data provider and AI type solutions? Is that something that this is going in? Yeah, so that's that's exactly one of the the, the great things about our, our common data provider is it, it does get access to that that uh, that data in, in real time. Uh, or in, really, in, in, we say near real time because it's as, as soon as we can grab it, we'll, we'll, we'll make it available to, to whatever analytics platform that, that we have. Um, it, it certainly does bleed into the, the machine learning and, and AI. Um, it, that's actually one of the things that is kind of fun to talk about now. It's, it's one of the, the big buzzwords in the industry. Everyone's talking about machine learning and, and what we can do. And um, it's, it's not as easy as, uh, as as a lot of people make it sound. We just go and... <laughs> what? And, I, I install TensorFlow <laughs> and then I'm done, right? Yeah. yeah you, you go and plug in machine learning and it starts to work and just tells you... Some um, beeps, boops, nuts and stuff. Yeah, and you can solve the world problems right away. But, right. And just um, the bad guy. There yeah. we go. <laughs> but it's actually it's it's actually not that that simple. Um, I, I I know I laugh, and the the thing that when I talk about this at, at conferences in, in my presentations is uh, a lot of the folks have seen the the IBM Watson commercial where they put Watson in the elevator, and the the, the uh, maintenance guys are coming in saying, "Yeah, the elevator called us and told us we're broken," and he's like, "Well, we didn't even know we had that." So, but. It's it's really not that easy about just putting machine learning into something and it start telling you things mm. to, to really make a solution work. There's a, a lot of data science that has to go in behind it. You have to know data patterns and, and things to look for, problem signatures. Um, so that's something that our team is, is actually really working and, and focusing on and surfacing through taking data from our, our common data provider and um, and you, you talked about historical data, but that's the one thing that is valuable from that historical data is it lets you have that baseline on kind of what's normal, what's what's my normal operating pattern, and a lot of what machine learning uh, starts to look to do is is where uh, the data starts to deviate from those those normal baselines. Uh, so you start to get a, an anomalous behavior and, and really flagging what those are, and if it sees patterns that that we know from our, our own data science of so. Um, our operations teams that the things that have run mainframes for for decades no specific problem signatures that that might happen uh, db2 is a, a perfect example when you might start seeing um, lock contentions or um, storage allocation issues right so looking at that that data as, as it starts to build and, and deviate from those those baselines where it might be indicative of a, f- a future problem that might happen and and really that the whole the whole uh, vision of, of that is not only to alert when something might be happening, but then start to getting into, you start hearing about the self-healing where you can start to take automated tasks around that. Um, there, there's a lot of, awful lot of marketing around there, but uh, there's, there's um, 
there's actually a lot of good work that's going on in, in this space to, to really try to, to bring something that's uh, that's extremely valuable to our customers. So, uh, again, relying on that that Z data that that's there, but uh, taking a lot of the inherent expertise and, and knowledge that we have and, and and putting that into the the machine learning models that actually look and how it analyzes that that data to to, to alert customers of what might be happening. The way you're you're describing it, it's hard for me to understand what's happening on the platform and what's happening mm-hmm. off the platform. Can you kind of um, explain to me, well, obviously Splunk is not something that runs on the platform, but the, a lot of the analytics that you're talking about, do you see that running on the platform or is that something we're shipping off to yeah, somewhere else? Yeah, and it, it really depends on, on what the customer wants to do. Um, so IBM has the, the tools and solutions to do uh, a lot of that data analytics on on the platform. Um, so that's our, our machine learning on Z and our open data analytics solutions that that will do a lot of that that data science um, and, and allow customers to deploy models and and do that deep analytics close to the data. So you hear terms like data gravity. So wanting to do it as as close to the data as as possible. Um, so what we're looking at doing is is leveraging those those technologies and capabilities and uh, and. You don't have to look at at the Z box to see the results. You can send the results off, but you're still doing that that core data analytics um, close to to the data. Um, just as easily, you can send it off to to another analytics platform, a Hadoop, a IBM DB2 Analytics Accelerator, um, and anywhere to, where you really want to go and and look at that data in a broader context. So um, it, it really all depends on on the solution and, and what the customer is truly trying to achieve on and really what the best fit is on, on where to do the data. You mentioned um, the DB2 and lock contention and stuff like that. Do you see this as like the, the next generation analytics for workload manager or, or or something like that? Yeah. So it really can. So the data analytics can really go and, and feed into a, a lot of different things. Um, Workload manager is not something that I, I really truly know too much to, to talk about, um, but you can think of uh, using analytics in, in terms of, of monitoring even, uh, setting monitoring thresholds, right? Instead of just doing uh, a, a baseline that, you know, if I get above a certain CPU percentage, let me go and, and alert. Um, where you can start to use machine learning where maybe um, – uh, I know Friday evenings is going to be uh, a very busy time for me because I'm doing end of week reporting. So I, I set my alert, my my thresholds a little higher. But when I get down to, to Sunday morning, where I might not be doing a, a heavy workload, my, my thresholds might be down at 20 percent, where I'm not running a lot of CPU. So it it allows you to create again those those baselines and, and use what's normal. So there's really a lot of different applications that that you can do this from an operations standpoint. Um, not even to start to get into all of the different business analytics use cases that I know a lot of customers are using uh, machine learning to do for things like uh, fraud detection um, in some of the, the, the financial industries and, and things like that. So there's a lot of business applications to, to retail, to, to travel that, that you can start to do. When we're, we're, our area is truly focused kind of on the, the operation side of the, the, the coin. I'm kind of curious. I'm going to bring it back to Splunk for a second. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm trying to think about this partnership. Right? You know, um, they're traditionally working with distributed systems and uh, you know machines that you can actually pick up and throw. <laughs> when they first tapped into a mainframe, it must have hit them like a fire hose. Like what what kind of work had to be done to accommodate uh, our platform? Yeah, so I mean they, it, it, it's kind of a, a different story for for us. Um, so they they're actually set up that they can scale horizontally really well. They have. Right. 
customers that that are feeding um, petabytes of, of data into Splunk on on a daily basis. So it's it's an awful lot of data that can go in. But the the interesting thing is it's not data that's coming from a single source like the mainframe. Right. So if you can think of um, uh, a, a mobile or someone provider where you have millions or a billion disconnected devices that are feeding small amounts of data in, um, you can get up to those data volumes pretty quickly. But the interesting thing about Z is from a single device or single machine, we can feed um, five terabytes of, of data easily a, a day. So there's an awful lot of information. So, um, and, and a lot of times it gets to be information overload. So you really got to take a step back and say, okay, what's really important to me? What am I really going to, to look and, and try to, to do and, and analyze um, in, in a broader context, right? So I, I don't necessarily need to have um, every single SMF record that, that's going to, to flow in. It's not something that um, I need to retain for, for hours or even days. Um, it might only matter for a couple of minutes for me just to make sure that things are going on. So that's really where we can take a step back with our, our common data provider tool and really send just the data that, that's necessary. So um, if you want to analyze that data in a broader context, um, we can say, let's go in and filter. I gave the example of, of kicks before. Um, get down to where we want to maybe focus on specific applications so we can filter on, on those. Or if uh, transactions start to end in an ab end or start taking too long to, to process. If, if we want to surface those kind of things in, in terms of a broader context of, across the enterprise. Um, or enough to give us um, uh, transaction rates and, and histories like that so we can correlate that data across with data from the rest of the enterprise. So um, a lot of things might be well instrumented for, for maybe user response times coming in. So if, if we see something's going on where the, there's a large user response time, we can correlate that down to something going on in the, the middle web sphere tier or the web application tier and then down to the, the mainframe, right? So we can kind of lay those things on top of each other and, and really see where an issue might be happening. So it, it's really important when you go to get into, say, like a war room situation where uh, all of our customers hate. Uh, I had a team that, that ran operations um, on, on my old solution a couple of years ago, and it's really about getting everyone on the phone and, and going and, and running around without having that um, an initial visibility into where the problem might be occurring so that way you don't have to wake up uh, 10, 15 people at, at 3 o'clock in the morning to get on the phone to resolve an issue where you can say, hey, we think it's in this general area. Let's go and, and take a look and, and find it and hopefully um, – um, get to get to a resolution more more quickly, uh, and again, that's being on kind of that that reactive side where, where we're really trying to, to help and advance things is is going up that curve to being more proactive as, as well. So before you even have to get to a, an outage that uh, that is impacting impacting your uh, end users and and customers and any revenue that's coming in um, is, is really kind of that that scale that we're we're driving towards. Do you see you you know you mentioned RoboBank. Um, do you see in those companies that are starting to get mainframe connected into what has traditionally been a uh, distributed space um, more understanding of the mainframe's role in the enterprise? Yeah, I, I think it's certainly starting to, to really provide um, uh, visibility into the importance of it. Um, you know, you, you kind of think of, of mainframes or at least the, the the common perception is it's that that legacy tech technology that that's out there. Um, so this is is really providing visibility uh, into the platform that uh, a lot of folks that might not have deep experience with it um, might not normally have visibility into. Uh, one of the, the key statistics that I always like to talk about when uh, I'm in a room with people that that don't really have understanding of what the mainframe is is. Um, 
the mainframe kind of worldwide processes roughly uh, 1.3 million kicks transactions in a single second. So <laughs> if you ask uh, 100 people on the street, you might find one that knows what kicks is, maybe half of mm -hmm. a person. Um, but if you ask all of those people, how many Google searches do you think happens in that, that same second? Everyone knows Google. Everyone thinks, well, that's going to be millions and millions of Google searches. But really, it's only around 68,000 a second. So mm -hmm. it's roughly a factor of 17 to 18 times the number of, of, of kicks transactions that are running on the mainframe as the, the worldwide Google searches. So that, that right. those kind of numbers, when you put them into that context, is, is really kind of astounding. And that's those Google searches, that's just, you know, mostly just Frank looking up, you know, what does this mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. Or, what's, or where do yeah. I go find my next cat video? Right. Or, exactly. <laughs> you know, whereas the, you know, the, the kicks transactions, those are uh, probably pretty important. Right. Those, those are affecting my, my airline reservation going home or, <laughs> yes. or uh, making sure that I can access my banking information. Which so. uh, in the next couple of days <laughs> might be uh, pretty important. Certainly does. Yeah. I know <laughs> I'd like to get home. So uh, you've, you're doing offering management, but Sounds like you have some te technical background as well. Yeah, so I actually started uh, my my IBM career. I just hit uh, twenty years this this past June. Um, so I started off in, in development, and uh, so writing code and, and doing technology, leading development teams, and and doing solutions that way. So. Um, as I, I transitioned to offering management, the last part of my development role was really going out and, and, and talking to customers and understanding how they were using our, my previous solution um, and then bringing that back and doing demos and, and really talking about the business value of, of what our solution does and how that, that really helps drive customer impact. So is this kind of something that um, I, I enjoyed and, and liked? So, so for me, moving to offering management had, was kind of a, a logical next step for, for my career. Um, but having that, that strong technical background at least lets me help understand the underlying technology. I know, you know, it, it was funny being a developer, offering managers beating me over the head saying, you know, mm -hmm. you have to go and, and deliver these things. And, and you know, I'm not quite having the, the understanding of the, the big picture to the, the business. And that, that's something that I have now, but I still know what the, the guys back in the lab are, are working through. So I, I you know, I, I still... I'm on the other side now beating them, so we have to get things out and, and do things. But I at least kind of understand now what, what they're going through and some of the challenges that they have uh, just because I had gone through it. So I think that's been a valuable experience for and me. And you can say, don't make me do this myself. I <laughs> right. can do this myself if I really needed to. <laughs> I, I haven't gone down there yet, and, and, I, and I won't even um, – attempt to, to say that I can start in going and, and programming on the Z. That's not something that I had done. Mine, mine came from the distributed side. I was one of the, the distributed guys writing in, in Java and, and things mm -hmm. like that. Although I, I know now we can write Java code and, and make it zip eligible. So maybe, uh, there you go. maybe there's a use for me yet to, to go back and, and do some of that. <laughs> yeah, but the neat thing about your job is in addition to the technical, you, you do get a chance to talk to clients, right? You also have this kind of market research kind of aspect of the role so it it tends to let you um, do a lot of different ty types of things yeah it, it does so it's, it's something that I find that that's very exciting um, uh, it's I'm, I'm a people person by, by nature um, I like to go out and, and, and talk <laughs> so but I mean I think that's something that that's really helped me um, is to go out and kind of have those those conversations and um, bonding with someone on a personal level is much better. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather go and, and talk to someone face to face than than on on a phone call, which is why I like uh, events that um, 
uh, like the IBM conferences or, or share um, where we're at uh, here today. Um, just be able to see people and, and that I've talked to on the phone or, or make that personal connection so that next time you do pick up on the phone, you can kind of visualize who you're talking to and know that, you know, hey, this is an actual person that, that's over here that has uh, that I've talked to before and, and met. So um, it, it's something that I, I truly value as, as part of the, the job that I have. Cool. Well, we're, we're getting to the bottom of the hour here. So um, let me just take this opportunity, Dan, to thank you for coming in, especially Ed Share taking time out to to be in a closed room with us instead of out with all those people. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm glad I could be here and uh, glad I could help. Glad you could find the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really tucked we away in the back here. <laughs> all right, old man Charlie, run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence signing off.